back to a place where film the official IU Cinema podcast. I'm your co-host Elizabeth Brell, and joining me as always is my co-host David Carter. Hi, David. I'm David. Yeah. Getting uh getting a little patriotic, little political opening up this podcast. It's me, David Carter, your co-host and producer. Fresh off the that election grind. I don't know why I'm like trying to be so like upbeat about the election when I'm yeah. more ambivalent <laughs> about the the results and like the stress that we went through, and that's what this episode's gonna be about. <laughs> yeah. Uh all thoughts are my own. It's not like as if I'm uh like like super stoked that Joe Biden is our <laughs> gonna be our president, but right. it's better than the alternative, so <laughs> exactly. Oh, but to answer your question, it's been a ride. I'm doing, I'm doing fine. Good. The anxiety has calmed down in my system a little bit. Uh, I went on Twitter today for the first time in a long, for the first time in a long time. I took a, uh, took a couple week Twitter hiatus. I might still take a soft Twitter hiatus, meaning I'm not going to put it back on my phone. Mm. But I'll check it on my computer. Is the is the deal I'm making myself? He was saying. Uh, you and Ava send way too many notifications, so I can't put the app on my phone, please. <laughs> it, yep, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm very, I'm very online a lot of the time, but it's actually been nice to be offline for the past couple of weeks because of the election, and just like also it was nice to get away and like remember what it was like to be like a. Ah, yes. I don't feel the inclination to check my phone every, like, 10 seconds, like, because my most used app is not on there anymore. Yeah. Like, I got way back into watching just YouTube videos. Wow. <laughs> like, that's what I did when I was like, a, I don't want to do work or be creative right now. And I was like, mm, I think I'll go to YouTube and I'll watch <laughs> a person make bento boxes for a whole week. Oh, very relaxing. Remind I, me, I, I have a work. YouTube video rack for you after this, but it's a weird one. So okay, I'm very excited. <laughs> I, I welcome all YouTube video recs. It's a honestly YouTube very good way for me to just to spend like 45 minutes of like just watching like one to 10 minute videos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we are not here to talk about YouTube. We are here <laughs> Maybe to talk if about that's all you watched. That's true. I did watch a lot of YouTube videos. Uh, this is going to be a very loose, very short episode. Um, I just wanted to have something recorded post the election. And I didn't want to pretend that the election didn't happen. And that's not what has dominated everyone's psyche <laughs> who probably listens to his podcast for the last, you know, like month or so. But like, yeah, we took la- like we took last week off. We technically took a couple of weeks off. I, re- You know, uh, please, uh, if you haven't, the Agnes Varda episode is up. I'm very proud of that one. Actually, that's one of the ones that I listened to. Like, I just re-listened to for the pleasure of re-listening to it, which sounds narcissistic, but it was. It's I listened to the for the Joan parts. Let me put it that yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yes, but this week it's just gonna we're gonna give you a schedule, and then we're gonna just talk about what we watched this week and how we dealt with the anxiety of the election. So, Elizabeth, will you please take us to the IU Cinema schedule?
we don't have any new uh, streaming films, but we have had some that have started, but we've not covered yet. Um, and they both go through December 2nd. So I wanted to make sure to get those out there since we haven't recorded in a couple weeks. Um, the first one is called Radium Girls. Um, it's a $12 virtual rental. Um, and if we get 50% of those proceeds, if you'd like to support the cinema. Um, but that's based on true events uh, and follows sisters Bessie and Joe, who work at the American Radium Factory in New Jersey. Uh, when Joe loses a tooth, Bessie discovers a corporation cover-up, and her and the Radium Girls take on the company. Um, this is actually based on a real notorious case from 1928 that had significant impact on workplace health and safety and on oh the study God, of yeah. radioactivity. Um, I think essentially these women were just ingesting radium. Like whatever they were yes. doing, they were licking things. Yeah, this is a very com this is very common in the stories of like the early days of um uh like radiation like radioactive materials and the nu you know nuclear things like yeah, just we didn't no one knew how toxic they were and just people developed so many illnesses. It's so like, gross and sad. Yeah. Um so there's that one. Um and then also continuing through December 2nd uh, is documentary City Hall, um, which is the newest from former IU Cinema guest Frederick Weissman. Um, this is also a $12 ticket. We will get half of the for the cinema. Um, this shows the efforts by Boston City government to address racial justice, affordable housing, climate action, homelessness, support for seniors, immigrants, and veterans. Basically, it's just... Um, this one's a long one, um, but it's just like a lot of content on city hall meetings and how they get things done in the Boston city government. But it's going to be, uh, very, in I'm intrigued by it. Um, but yeah, I might watch it in a couple of sittings <laughs> just because it is a little long. Yeah, I, I, this is like one of my more shameful IU Cinema Blind Spots. Uh, I unfortunately missed it when Frederick Weissman was here. Hmm. I was just busy. I, not out of not out of disinterest. I was just yeah. busy. Uh, although in retrospect, I kind of wish whatever plans I had, I kind of just been like, nope, going to all these. So I have yet to see a Frederick Weissman movie. And I think I'm going to attempt to try my best to make this the first one I watch. Nice. So, yes, I'm very excited for this. Sweet. Um, I was working at the cinema when he visited and he's a very sweet little old man yes <laughs> i've watched interviews with him <laughs> um but i ever i heard great things about monrovia when we showed it but unfortunately i also worked that one that's a common thread yes you know although not much of an issue this semester since we don't no. actually have to have someone in the lobby <laughs> that'd the be ridiculous <laughs> they sent me to the lobby just to sit there and be like but yeah but they put on? a camera on you it's an immersive experience <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i did go uh, to the cinema yesterday i miss it yeah uh, you cleaned out the staff fridge but our listeners don't want to hear about that <laughs> no but the cinema misses everyone it does uh what this else do we have on the schedule for it? an inanimate object of a place <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, and then this coming week, we have two virtual events. Um, so the, those are going to either include a film with the event or um, request that you watch the film beforehand and then the event is a conversation. Um, so the first one is Tuesday, November 17th at 7 p.m. We're showing the documentary Change the Subject, uh, which tells the story of a group of Dartmouth College students confronting an anti-immigrant sentiment in their library catalog, uh, which took them all the way to Congress. Uh, the producer... Hey. Oscar Rubin, Cornejo Cesares, um, I think I said that right, is going to be present for a post-film Q&A with the IU Library's um, Diversity Committee. So we got Great. Dartmouth put this film together and they gave it straight to us and we were like, yes, we want to show it and we're going to have a, an interesting Q&A. So that one is film and Q&A together. Um, so if you show up, you'll have all of the tools you need to just enjoy that experience. Um, and then on Friday, November 20th at 7 p.m. is a conversation on Afro-Atlantic legacies. Um, yes. That is, I'm not going to try to pronounce the name not in English because I don't want to mess it up. So for my purposes, it is Afro-Atlantic legacies. Uh, this is going to be just a conversation um, so this film is available to those um, who register for the event to watch beforehand. Um, but just like the election one we had a couple weeks ago, this is just going to be a conversation. Um, but so the film itself, uh, in 1940, Black American linguist Lorenzo Dow Turner came to Brazil to study the African languages still spoken and sung um, in the Candomblés of Bahia over the course of seven months of intense research, research Turner found and recorded the most emblematic religious figures of the time um, so those recordings and photos by Turner serve as the um, as a pioneering and unique witness to the preservation of African languages in Brazil um, and the film follows his footsteps 80 years later in search of the remnants and memories that are still alive there. Um, there are going to be a lot of guests for this one. Um, the director of the film, the executive producer of the film, an anthropology professor who specializes in this, um, also going to be people from the IU Institute for Advanced Studies, because this is the Institute's fall 2020 Brannigan lecture so it's like a big deal ah. and I'm very I'm gonna watch that one for sure so I hope Great. to see everyone there or at least not see any anyone but these people because that means that <laughs> something technically has gone wrong but <laughs> know you're what there in spirit <laughs> uh, does that do it for uh, that is upcoming great. events yeah okay well without further ado we're just gonna get into some free form conversation about the election anxieties not about the specific election not really <laughs> uh and then uh yeah and how that impacted or didn't impact what we watched this week so join us
Okay. So uh, the election happened. I essentially decided I was like, I'm getting off Twitter. Good. Pretty much got off of social media. I didn't really even like check Instagram or anything. Uh, And I was like, I am blacking out. I didn't watch any election coverage. All I essentially, my whole strategy for that was like, I will find out via text message if anything big happens. Mm -hmm. So from, you know, that Tuesday until the Saturday, I was black. I was completely blacked out. Like I had no idea what was happening. Like, yeah. And uh, I have to tell you, it was really nice. (laughs) Um, And what I essentially did because of that is I was like, I was just going to watch movies. Uh, I I promise I'm not going to turn this podcast into promotion for the uh, I'm now like I get press uh, Blu-rays from Kino Lorber and Criterion. So, so I spent a lot of those days like watching those for review, which will be up this Monday. I'm pretty sure uh, the same day as this podcast, probably. Yay. Um, but I spent most of my time watching those movies. Uh, but while I will highlight one of those, I will tell you that I did decide to watch at least a few comfort movies to like kind of coast me through things and make me feel better. Um, so I did rewatch Galaxy Quest. Nice. <laughs> which I would say go back and listen to our episode on, but uh, as of right now, can't. Uh, it doesn't exist currently, oh. but hopefully soon we can get that fixed. Um, but that I just essentially I just wanted to watch something that was just like familiar had familiar faces was optimistic mm-hmm. about people working together um and that was wonderful but one of the review movies i did watch is something that is a new discovery to me on like every conceivable level which is this movie called girlfriends <gasps> elizabeth do you know anything about the film girlfriends i know that it just got released on Criterion and that it's directed by a woman, but I can't remember her name. And I was interested uh, and I asked you if you had seen it. And then you said, get that movie. Yes. Uh, it's a film by Claudia Wheel. Um, it's a, it is a, of my favorite genre, which is coming of age stories, but it's my very favorite type of coming of age stories because I, because I, it's more recent part of my life. Like it's about people coming of age in their twenties in the in like dealing with the difficulties of the world but it's also just a movie about friendship it's about uh it's about a photographer jewish photographer in new york in the 70s which is just uh new york (laughs) in the 70s just at one point in this movie she talks about having like she's renting an apartment with like someone she's dating and then she's also renting her apartment could you imagine and she's broke She's a photographer. Like, could you imagine in 2020 anyone being able to do that? Because they can't. It's not possible. No. Uh, but I love New York in the 70s. But uh, it's just essentially about this. Uh, the two. It, it's a very good compliment to one sings and the other one doesn't. The Agnes Varda film. But it's about two friends who like we're in this like we're in second wave feminism at this point, and it's about like her the photographer wanting to be independent. And just, you know, just want to, like, do her thing and, like, live her life. And her friend, who she doesn't realize, like, and this is very early on in the movie, like, doesn't realize, like, her friend wants to, like, have a kid and get married and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a kind of about that tension, but it's mostly just about 
these, these two women, like the separate ways they live their life. And it's very funny. Uh, I didn't realize it was a comedy when I watched it. Uh, and it has a very young Bob Balaban and a very young uh, Christopher Guest, who, if you don't know who Christopher Guest is, he is like one of the like leading comedian. Like he is like, if you've seen A Mighty Wind or Best in Show or Waiting mm-hmm. for Guffman, those directors, uh, director of those movies and like star of those movies. Um, and they, at this t- point, they're nobodies. And so they're just very young. And it also has Eli Wallach in it, who's like a legendary character actor. Um, From the Hollywood. He plays a rabbi. And this is a this is a movie in which like essentially people had to work for free because it took him like it took her four years to finish it. Oh my! Yeah, because it was made for no money, uh, and she talks about like the stress of like editing it and like getting it to the premiere when it finally happened. And it's just a wonderful movie. It's like one of those like hidden gems. It's it like it's my pick of the things that I was I got sent this month. Like nice. hands down by far it is wonderful. It's one that I would love to get played at the cinema. It'd love to get her here. Like the director is still alive, still working, works in television and theater mostly these days. She really only recorded, uh, directed two feature length films. Mm-hmm. This in like a, like a more traditional romantic comedy in the eighties, but then decided like a lot of female directors just decided like this wasn't for her considering like the things she had to go through to get movies made and just kind of transitioned out of, making feature length films mm-hmm. so uh that was wonderful and i watched that with my partner and we had kind of talked about how like it oddly enough like did make us feel better after watching yeah. it despite like things like there is like awkward kind of comedy in it you can see how this was like a big influence on you know the movie the the tv show girls and lena dunham as a whole like so there is like that factor mm-hmm. in the movie but it is like at its core like a very like warm movie just about like about figuring out this would also make a great double feature with the movie Lady Bird Elizabeth in my opinion that's all I need to hear (laughs) I really am excited to watch this yes so girlfriends uh pick it up it'll still be on sale like because it just got released recently it's one of the ones that um by the time I'm writing about it has already come out uh pick it up at the Criterion sale that Barnes and Noble is is having yeah is great choice. Um, I'll save my other thing maybe for later. But Elizabeth, what what did you do? Like you kind of ducked out of society during election week. <laughs> um, so I didn't watch any coverage because I knew I wasn't going to be off social media, and I said I don't need to watch any of this stupid crap. Um, when I'll just see different funnier takes of it on twitter um and i thought about getting off twitter and then i was like no i hate myself too much i'm gonna stay on twitter (laughs) mostly because i just also hate not knowing what's going on even though for a few days nothing really was going on um which was funny because david texted us and was like "Uh, i haven't heard from anyone must mean nothing's happening (laughs) i mean it was just that it was like wednesday or thursday and i was like nothing is that like i wasn't even expecting <laughs> at all at that point like i had already kind of known instinctually like that the it, the count was going to take a long time considering the way the election had been operated this year yeah but i was like nothing has happened <laughs> like no like nothing good or bad that's kind of crazy so yeah that's why i texted you it was just too funny um mostly honestly last week my partner and i weren't feeling 100 percent. we both got negative covid tests 
but um, we were not feeling great. So we watched a lot of New Girl, um, which there's not much to say about New Girl except that New Girl's cute and fun. Um, I think New Girl is going to be one of those like after another year or two, people are going to be like, uh, was that secretly an underrated sitcom masterpiece? <laughs> I just remember while it was airing, people were like, oh, what a cute show. And now people constantly like reference it and like, yeah, you can see kind of like people being influenced by it. And it was just like the show where people kind of were like, it's a loose, very riffy show with like just very likable people in it. Yeah. Um. That's, I mean, I watched some when it aired, but I hadn't even, like, we're past the point where I had seen any of these episodes. So now we're just both watching new episodes to us. Um, we did watch the Prince episode, which is. I was going to say, did you watch the, I was going to call it the Super Bowl episode? Because I didn't know. It was an episode that aired right after the Super Bowl. Um, I did spend a lot of time thinking about, like, how they managed to get prints on new girl i i think if you google um i'm sure it's out there well when prince passed away i'm pretty sure the creator of the show she did an interview about how they got prince to be on the show i vaguely remember reading this back in 2016 um but that was a fun episode and probably i mean one of the better ones because let's be honest (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean yeah sorry continue Oh, I mean, we did. We watched a lot of that. Um, I did. I will say, right before election day, I had the weirdest double feature. Um, oh, during the day, I started watching the film Green Room. Yes, um, which that is, is a terrible crazy movie to watch, movie to watch right watch now. I mean, <sighs> that's crazy. Like, I that's don't a movie know what possessed out. me to do this. That's a movie that came <laughs> out. I'm pretty sure that movie maybe had its wide release yeah it it was right when people were like oh there's this like white nationalist uprising in america like people were just Mm -hmm. realizing it (laughs) and then it like essentially after the election it became an anthem like not an anthem for white nationalists but like just a oh this is what our country (laughs) it's like a microcosm of our country Yeah, I don't know what possessed me to click on it. I was just scrolling through Netflix, and it was like the middle of the day, and I was like, I want to turn something on. And this has been on my list for a while because Anton Yelchin, I just I'm yeah. in love with him in his in his best <laughs> role. Like it, it is it, it's like that, and his short role in Thoroughbreds is, mm. makes his death a tragedy for me because it was. It is as if he had finally figured out, like he had hit his stride. Yeah. And then, you know, he tragically passed. Not that the, you know, things like Charlie Bartlett and the Star Trek movies were about, like, I love those movies, the Fright Night remake, it, but it was as if he had finally figured out what his lane was. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sadly, passed away in a freak accident. But yes, yeah. it'd been on your list for a while. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like. Netflix gives like the little warnings at the top when you start a movie too, where it's like violence, et cetera. Um, And usually I just brush them off because I'm very used to things, but I will say this movie made me like physically ill. Like I didn't vomit or anything, but like my stomach did not feel good watching this film. There are some really gross violence and just like 
the subject matter alone and it's like actually super scary like just as a it horror is, movie yeah it's it's an invade it's an invasion movie. it's a technically a home invasion movie is how i consider it because it's lo- it's locked down this one location and there are people trying to get into a location like it's it's pretty harrowing i'm a big fan of uh jeremy saulnier's films uh this mm-hmm. and blue ruin being like his two like standout movies in my opinion uh but uh yeah is he's so I, yeah i just split that into two viewings because i had to turn it off um towards the middle and just be like i need to regroup um so before i went back and watched the second half i went and i watched uh nancy myers something's gotta give oh okay just as a, a palate cleanser <laughs> a way to relax <laughs> um which is like one of hers that i actually haven't seen ah um, interesting that's one that played on tv a lot yes. <laughs> so i yes yeah, so i had i had seen it uh jack nicholson in great form <laughs> oh my gosh he just like hit i feel like i mean obviously he's like a great actor and has had many many roles but i feel like there's a certain point in his career where it's just like he's just being himself yeah i mean to a certain extent i would call the late 90s aughts part of jack nicholson's career uh him essentially morphing like almost into like almost a parody of himself <laughs> but like in a good way like i like a lot of those performances uh yeah you know, especially something's got to give but yeah it's it's cer- like it's certainly uh he's just kind of playing himself yeah um but that is that was a wonderful warm movie so that was a good good way to <laughs> kind of get over what I had just watched and prepare for what I was going to finish watching later. Um, plus Keanu Reeves, this is, is this like one of his hottest roles? I think so. Yeah. How do you feel about, there's a big debate. on film. Like, do you think Diane Keaton made the wrong choice in the movie? See, I don't know Diane Keaton personally. I'm talking about know. I'm talking about the fictional I don't remember right. Diane Keaton's character's name but I'm talking about within the movie. I mean, I don't know it, her be... character personally either. And may, you know, it's tough <laughs> because I would have picked Keanu, but that's me yeah. being me cuz yes. I can never actually be this person. <laughs> Not a stand-in for Nancy Myers, which is what <laughs> Diane Keaton is in that movie. <laughs> I am she's, not Nancy the... Myers. I have not been through a divorce. I do not have an adult child. I do not have a man in my spare bedroom. (laughs) I mean, that movie, just the scene of her like writing and crying with the camera spinning around her is burned (laughs) into my memory. Uh, Delightful. Yeah, so Uh, that was my weird uh, around election time things I was watching. I mean that sounds incredibly relaxing to me. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, kind it does. I mean I, that movie, it, but not the other movie. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> the other one felt like maybe it was more cathartic. I mean, I'm not going to ruin the end of Green Room, but I would call that movie cathartic for our times, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, I would say that 
I dealt with the anxiety election pretty well. I don't feel like this great sense of relief just because like there are 70 some odd days still left in the president's term and Mm -hmm. we're still in a pandemic and the holidays are coming up, which are, I consider a very melancholy time, but you know, it has been nice to be able to start looking forward to things, Mm -hmm. which I feel like has been missing uh, in my diet, including like my film watching diet. Like, I can now start maybe being like, oh, movies that are currently being made will start coming out or movies that have been made will start coming out. Like I'll be watching newer movies maybe soon, maybe not in a theater, but I'll be in a better headspace to want to sit down and watch something on streaming Mm -hmm. about it. Whereas like I've just been revisiting or discovering old movies. uh, Yeah. Which is, which is just weird for me because I'm very much a person who tries to watch every major independent and studio feature that comes out within a year mm-hmm. uh so it's been a it's been a strange year for that like i haven't even gotten around to the new bill and ted movie a movie that Man. will make me happy uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's been strange uh, yeah yeah but we, we just wanted to keep this one short and check in and give people something to listen to uh I, this is the first time i feel like in a long time i've been able to do this but we have upcoming episodes and upcoming oh. guests so i can finally say stay tuned next week for our episode with iu cinema blog editor michaela owens returning i think her new title is publications editor oh thank you publications editor uh she helps michaela with the book and the website now oh uh, I mean, great at her job. Uh, feel bad about her having to edit this incredibly long media review on Sunday that I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> but stay tuned for our episode. We're going to dip our toes into noir Vember, and we're going to talk about the Alfred Hitchcock film Notorious, starring what has to be her biggest topic of interest and lust, Cary Grant. <laughs> Uh, and she apparently has some hot takes on whether or not that movie actually counts as a noir. Um, I love that. And this will be take. my first time watching it. And I'm also a big Cary Grant fan and a big Alfred Hitchcock fan. So this is a match made in heaven for episodes. And then I'm going to tease out our episode after this. And all I'll say is that it is technically the time we will be recording it, not the time it's released, will be holiday appropriate. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So stay tuned for that. Uh, and with that, that's going to do it for us this week on A Place for Film. I'd like to thank my co-host, Elizabeth Rowe. Elizabeth, where can the good people find you online? Uh, find me on Twitter and Letterboxd, or where I'm most active, um, at my name, Elizabeth Rowe. You can find me on Twitter, slightly less active for the time being, at Samurai Flicks and on Letterboxd at Robert Dolphy. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, it's been... It's been nice chatting. It's been nice seeing like a friendly face again. So yeah, that's going to do it for us this week on A Place for Film. And we'll see you at the movies. Good night. Good night.